Welcome to another episode of Disney Versus, sponsored by Triple Dent Gum. This is the podcast where we have animated discussions about animated movies. I'm Tori. I'm Grace. I'm Heather. And I'm Erica. Erica is back. There's Erica. Actress, producer, Erica Allsides is back with us today. If you are new to the show, welcome. What we've done is we've taken 64 Disney and Pixar movies, we've ranked them in a March Madness style bracket, and we uh, talk and debate and eliminate them and talk shit about them and, 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 until we have a true winner. And, and. Yeah, I speak, and, in, and, and. I speak in sentence fragments, so I just kept going. Hmm. I swear I passed English. He did, I was there. <laughs> How have y'all been? It's been a minute. It has. It's been good. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So good. So good. We're going to talk about these two pairs of movies. But before we do that, there's a lot of news that's happened. News. So we finally got a trailer for the live-action Aladdin movie that is coming out in May. What did you guys think? Uh, I'm really excited. I love the music. Um, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, it didn't really give me anything that I was, like, that excited about. I thought it was well done, but it's basically just, like, you know, the intro with the, the sands and the desert. So we only see the guy who plays Aladdin for, like, a second. Yeah, we don't see any of the other actors or characters. Yeah. We kind of see yeah. Iago. Okay. But he doesn't count. Just, like, a blip of Iago. Now he's the bird that's, like, flying around. So we see yeah, a lot yeah. of them. He's a blip. Okay. I wanted to see I Jasmine. Just Jasmine wasn't in it. That's who I was interested in seeing. I'm going to see this yeah. movie for Jasmine. So. Yeah. Mm. I mean, like, all the other characters, too. But yeah, no, I think it's it's good. But the teaser trailer was really just a teaser. There's not that much mm-hmm. not that much exciting revealed in the trailer. Mm-hmm. I am Ryan. We have been teased. It was basically like, hey, you want to see some sand? Mm-hmm. Here's yeah. some sand. And then here's a dude and a bird. In the Cave of Wonders. Yeah, the Cave of they Wonders this... looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I was telling Grace, it looks like a lion and not a tiger, but I can get over that. And they filmed this on location, didn't they? Like, they went to a an actual, like, country. Did they? I think so. I don't know which one an it is. actual country? Yeah. A real, a real boy. <laughs> As opposed to, like, they're not on, you know, a back lot somewhere or in a, yeah. on a sound stage. Yeah. They they uh, Mad Maxed this. They went to you know the Jordan. Australian outback. They went to they Jordan. Went to Jordan. Yeah. Okay. To shoot scenes for the film. Nice. Oh wow. Am I the only person who didn't know that Ursula was based on a drag queen? I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't yeah. Know that, either. that is awesome, and also not very surprising. The, re- like... <laughs> the reason that I bring it up kind of amazing. is Which because queen? I I'm not sure. I have to read more into it. But I bring it up because there's a rumor, there was a rumor going around on Twitter that Lady Gaga is in talks to be Ursula for the Little Mermaid movie, because Disney is doing all of the live action remakes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And they tapped Lady Gaga. And it's a story because Twitter imploded. Um, She was based off of a drag queen uh, named Divine. Okay. Mm -hmm. Did not know that. And she... Per Google, uh, burst into the limelight in the early 70s thanks to some starring role, uh, roles on, in John Waters' films like Mondo, Mondo Trasho. <laughs> That's 
literally what it says. That's a great name. And then something that has the name pink in it. But yeah. Apparently Lizzo is also being considered. Or maybe that's just a fan favorite. I think it's a fan favorite. I saw Queen Latifah was a fan casting, and I'm mm-hmm. kind of on board for that one. Oh, yeah, because she can really sing. I mean, she did a great job in um, Chicago. Yeah, she she won an Oscar for it. Yeah. I don't really, yeah, I don't really see Lady Gaga as Ursula. I, it's not the, yeah, I don't know. Maybe her, definitely her voice. Yeah, the only can... thing is mm-hmm. the singing. I don't know. I would play Lady Gaga more as evil Little Mermaid. <laughs> like if they make if they make Ursula the the hero and make uh, make Ariel the villain. Well, she has that part where she turns into a human to seduce yeah. Eric. Yeah. So like oh. the maybe the human form of Ursula when she's pretending to be the Little Mermaid. Uh huh. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's what she's actually cast for. Yo, let's let's be real though. If it's let's say hypothetically, it's Queen Latifah as the sea witch, and then Lady Gaga as the actual like human. <laughs> I think that would be a worse choice. <laughs> that might be a worse choice. I feel like it would be great to have somebody play her as a human who isn't conventionally perceived as super attractive. Like mm-hmm. I think Queen Latifah being her both would just be great, or even uh, Lizzo playing her both would just be great. Yeah. I don't think you want to, you know, cast somebody who you think is more conventionally beautiful to play the, you know, what is her name, Vanessa? No, I think I think the Vanessa, point yeah. is that is that it's the same like Ursula and the Little Mermaid are different people, but Little Mermaid and Evil Little Mermaid, Little Ariel, Evil mm. Ariel. There you go. <laughs> Ariel and Evil Ariel are the same body, but one has darker hair. And That's can right. talk. So, like, that should be the same actress. Or someone who looks very similar. Just with a different wig. Yeah. Wait, evil Ariel? Are we talking about the first Little Mermaid? Yes. Okay, so there's regular Ariel, and then there's Ursula, who becomes Vanessa, right? There is no evil Ariel. Yes. Yes. Okay. But Vanessa looks like Ariel. She yeah, is in she Ariel's... Yeah, similar. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, what if you got? I I, I kind of like Grace's idea of making Ariel like, making like a dark Ariel as Ursula's like person. You get like Counter. two people that are twins. It's like, yeah. They look the same. Or I mean, we've done twins. we've done plenty of things where we've made twins out of one person in movies before too. So yeah, you can just make it slightly different. Yeah. I mean, I feel like yeah. there's some real questions with Eric's character, like finding a woman, you know, half naked on a beach who is mute and just being like, oh, I'm going to kiss you and then I'm going to marry you. Like, that seems very questionable to me. And not giving a shit that her hair color changed and all of a sudden she can speak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I feel like in the movie, he definitely thinks they're two separate people because you see Ursula and you see, Van- I'm sorry, you see Ariel and you see Vanessa both together. So even though they look similar. Not look- until the end. Not until the end. There's this whole... And because I remember when we talked about this, when he sees her on the beach, mm-hmm. he, like, like she's through light. So, like, the sun is in his eyes, and he can't... So you could, like, theoretically not know what color her hair was. Sure. But then he definitely spends time with her where she can't speak, where her, head's bright, her hair's bright red. Mm-hmm. But then... 
Vanessa's the one that he gets married to or is going to get married to, and he thinks it's the same person. There's also thinks, magic involved. Yeah. Well, Eric's That's obviously not very true. smart, but he thinks that <laughs> he thinks that Vanessa's the person who saved him, but he doesn't think that Vanessa is Ariel. He just thinks that she's the person who saved him. Okay. Is how I saw it. Yeah. Now I think I need to rewatch this. <laughs> Moving on. Oh man, while we're on the topic of Little Mermaid, did you see, guys see the video that like Kira Knightley won't let her uh, kids watch Little Mermaid? I no, I didn't get to watch it. I forgot about it. Yeah, it's. I watched it's, it. So it, what's the reasoning? Heather, you want to take this one? Um, yeah, sure. She uh, doesn't want her kids to watch Little Mermaid, or um, because she doesn't want her children to think that they should lose their voice for a man mm-hmm. is basically uh-huh. her is basically her uh, reasoning behind it. Is it and then there was like um a little there was like a discussion on like well you know like most of most people saw it as um her losing her voice for love mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. at the same time there is still that implica- in, implication of you know losing your voice for like to get them like for the man mm-hmm. you know kind of thing and so that's that's just kind of like um the impression that Kira Knightley got um from it and she was like and uh no so (laughs) like i I mean we had that reaction too when we reviewed ariel Mm -hmm. uh or the little mermaid what i didn't watch the thing was she not wanting her kids to watch just the little mermaid or was it disney in general yeah so it wasn't just little mermaid it was also cinderella because her reasoning was um that cinderella was waiting around for a like a rich man to come and like save her and she was like and just save yourself duh you know that's the reason why she like it was ma- it was mostly those two i'm sure that like sleeping beauty is also going to be one of them like some of like the older ones because the guys that were um like the news host people or whatever that were talking about it um were saying that you know some of the older disney movies you know are going to kind of be like that just because of like the times and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and they were like and like don't not show your kids or like don't like erase them you know just because they're getting remade and stuff like that but like have a conversation about them but at the same time they're your kids and you're gonna parent them so like do what you want (laughs) yeah so but i found it kind of interesting yeah there was an interesting video actually that showed cinderella as a man and it was like you know cinderfella was cleaning the house so then cinderfella went to this ball then cinderfella waited for the princess to come and find him and it was like you wouldn't read this story to your sons why are you reading it to your daughters mm-hmm. yeah and they were talking about how uh like the remake of the cinder of like the cinderella or whatever was i guess really good i haven't seen it yet because i'm horrible i guess uh but they were saying that it was like a little more with the times and stuff like that so well, I liked it. I thought, you know, it was beautifully done. You know, Lily James was great. Um, the cinematography was spectacular. Yeah. I liked how they had Helena Bonham Carter as the fairy godmother. Yes. And they had, um, who was playing the stepmother? Do we remember? Kate Blanchett was playing the stepmother. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. And it's exactly the opposite of how you would expect that casting, but it was, it was really that great. That makes sense. They both did a great yeah. job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is nice subversion. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, so, yes, I am going to have to go see that. (laughs) It's really good. The costuming is good, too. That's something I like about the live-action remakes. remakes. They go in Mm -hmm. on the production design. Mm -hmm. Because they have to bring this stuff off the page. It's like, you know, 
well, it's a lot more imaginative than Marvel movies and comic book movies because you have to get what's essentially a drawing to, you know, translate to screen. Yeah, like the big castles and Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Yeah. The big castle in Cinderella, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Speaking of uh, live action things that are coming soon, they're making a Lilo and Stitch movie, and I am all in. Haven't seen a frame. (laughs) Haven't seen a frame. There's no casting yet, but I am all in on a Lilo and Stitch movie. Apparently, Grace is not. Boo. And I just didn't care for Lilo and Stitch. Um, I did. I did just read that uh, no Lady Gaga has not been cast as Ursula, but um, Lin Manuel Miranda has written new music for The Little Mermaid. Yeah. Hell yeah. He was in. Yeah. He's been involved from the start. Like I think the early casting was supposed to be Chloe Grace Moretz was gonna be mm-hmm. the titular mermaid. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's still the case. Yeah. But I'm excited for Lilo and Stitch, and here's why: you do for Lilo and Stitch the same way you did Moana. You cast it appropriately. Everybody, uh. all the voice actors for Moana were. Mm-hmm pacific island like Mm -hmm. they had pacific island descent in them you go to hawaii you find a little 10 year old or an eight year old or whatever that fits the part you get a like a little chubby girl because lilo has like massive forearms for some reason and you know you put her in the in the leaf dress and you she's strong yeah and you get you get i won't say a little person but you get someone who's short to mocap as Stitch. You don't think they'll do Stitch like they did the live-action Jungle Book? Yeah, I feel like Stitch will be animated. Yeah, I say do that. Or, yeah. Well, I'm thinking Stitch as, like, what they did for Planet of the Apes. Oh, okay. Like CGI. Mm. Yeah. Where they still had someone in that suit with the things on it. Yeah, all of all that was Andy Serkis. So probably just Andy Serkis. Yeah, Andy Serkis will just be Stitch. Yep. He's too tall. <laughs> That's why I said you get he someone short. <laughs> True that. He was Gollum and he was Caesar. Yeah, but no, with Caesar though, he was act he was either acting against other apes who were other people his height in suits or he was acting against mm-hmm. humans. And then in Gollum, mm-hmm. he was acting against hobbits who were digitally or with Shorten. camera tricks shrunk anyway. I'm excited because of uh, the Lilo and Nani and David relationships because I listened slash wa- slash uh, watched Lilo and Stitch while I was at work today, and like just hearing all of them together and like glancing up every once in a while, like and like seeing them all together, I was like, oh man, that's really real. So <laughs> they have a great relationship. It's an underrated movie. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really liked Lilo and Stitch. I think it's great how um, the bond with the sisters mm-hmm. uh, when their parents die. I think that's really great. Mm-hmm. And then um, Stitch is a misunderstood character and, you know, love turns him around and becomes part of the family. Yeah. I think it's a great message for little kids that, you know, they can still be loved regardless of if they're acting out or, you know, because he destroys a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. and they're like, we still love you. You're still part of the family. I, I, I think right. that's good. I'm wondering, I'm wondering because there was um, like a rumor or something like that going around that uh, Lilo uh, might be like on the spectrum somewhere. And so I'm mm-hmm. wondering how they're going to portray her. Yeah. Like if they're going to portray her as like someone on the spectrum or just a kid. I mean, 
if you saw the Power Rangers movie, Billy the Blue Ranger, they had he was on the spectrum and he wasn't, you know, like weird. He was just eccentric. Yeah, eccentric. It wasn't, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was very he just, subtle. He was just quirky. It wasn't, you know, offensive at all. I mean, they can do that with Lilo. Yeah. Yeah. Lilo and Stitch live action. Yes, bitch. On the service, only on the Disney streaming service, which sucks. But think of that I surfing put, scene. I, I wanted to point that out there. <laughs> That's all our news. Alrighty, yeah. News, 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 yeah. news, news. Let's news, news, news. let's get into the actual matchups after this word from our mm-hmm. sponsor. Triple them gum will make you smile. Triple them gum. It lasts a while. Triple them gum will help you, Mister, to punch that breath right in the kisser. Triple them gum. Thank you to our sponsors, Triple Dent and Gum, for supporting the Disney Versus podcast. Grace, w- tell us what our matchups are today, and let's uh, figure out which one we want to do first. Our matchups today are Aladdin versus Inside Out and Beauty and the Beast versus Monsters, Inc. Monsters, Inc., not Monsters, you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think start with Aladdin. I think we start with Aladdin and Inside Out. Okay. Oof. Gotta start somewhere. This one's hard. Yes. <laughs> um, so, hard. let's see. I'm going to pull up the rankings for these. Where okay. we in- initially mm-hmm. put, if you want to keep talking. Yeah. Right off the bat, um, I have a subtle bias. Because at this point in, this, in the bracket, I've started watching these with the commentary for oh. the directors. Mm-hmm. See if see if I can get a little more insight as into their process, or get a couple of more Easter eggs that maybe aren't on IMDb. Mm-hmm. The one for Inside Out was so boring. Really? Yes. Like, oh. Was, some of the stuff was really interesting. Like they talk, like when they talk about the story elements and stuff that they used. But like, yeah, it was awful. Hmm. Who was it? It was Pete Doctor and uh, Ronnie Del Carmen, the mm-hmm. co-producer. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, the co-director. And it was, it was just, it was very dry. Was it more like informational or like less humor? It was, it was both. Like it wasn't that funny, um, and it was very like informative. Yes, and I'm fine I with guess, informative. In but sometimes, sometimes when you're doing a, with these commentaries, they will, you know, shift. They will shift immediately when something is going on. Uh, they'll sometimes they'll highlight an artist did this, but they were they would just get on, you know, a tangent and just keep talking over even after the scene had shifted, and it's like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Nothing you're saying has anything to do with what's going on. It just kind of took me out of. Like I actually started watching the movie behind them because I'll watch, I'll have the commentary on, and then I'll have the subtitles for the actual movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I just started watching the movie after a while. Mm-hmm. And by the time they got to something interesting, I'm like, wait, this is interesting. How did we get here? Yeah. Yeah, I've never mm-hmm. tried watching the director's commentary on any of these four films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you get it, if you get a chance to do it, the one on Beauty and the Beast is, is especially good. Because they get Alan Menken in, like, halfway through. Ooh. When did they record nice. that commentary? Do you know? For Inside Out? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I think it was right after. Some of the the newer ones, they record right after. 
the older ones i think like aladdin's they did like 10 years at, they, i think they did in like 2002 mm-hmm. so it was a it was way after because they said at the top it's like we we did this movie maybe 10 15 years ago so let's see what we can remember mm-hmm. and then they mm-hmm. proceed to rattle off these things like it was yesterday nice hmm. um okay so finding rankings aladdin uh tori ranked aladdin uh as number seven i ranked it as 12 heather put this in her tier one from monsters inc tori put this as 17th wait we're doing inside Inside out uh tori put this as 10th i put this as 18th and heather put it in her tier one because they're both so good (laughs) erica agrees with heather yeah (laughs) <laughs> tier one for Monsters University or Monsters Inc. Yeah, for me it's definitely. I'm so. Sup- oh, I'm looking at Wait, Toy Story. Monsters though. Inc. I'm so confused. Are we doing Monsters no. Inc. or are we doing Inside Out? We're doing, We're doing Inside, Inside Out. Out. I accidentally read Monsters Inc. But I'll go ahead and read Monsters Inc. and Beauty and the Beast to get it out of the way. Beauty and the Beast to get out of out of the way. So Monsters Inc. Tori said seventeen. I said six. I love this movie. And mm. Heather said tier three. Oh, I'll bump that up to two. Might be. Um, And then Beauty and the Beast. Tori put this as three. I put it as eight. Heather put this in tier two. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I liked Inside Out probably the best of the four. And then I like Monsters, Inc. second. Yeah. Let's focus on -on one-on-one before we get into... Before we get too confused. Overall. Yeah. There will be a time for that. I think as far as so, the first thing we have mm-hmm. down is which has the better story. So, okay. I think uh, from a story aspect, I like Aladdin a little bit more. Um, it It's a little, it kind of has that older feeling of like a really basic storyline that just carries through really nicely. Um, mm-hmm. But from a character standpoint, I thought that the characters in Inside Out really um, were dynamic and thought provoking in a way that Aladdin just, it's, they're completely different approaches, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can tell the creators put a lot of thought into the characters for um, Inside Out. Yeah. And as we've, like, previously mentioned, they've, they, like, went out of their way to talk to, like, different psychologists and stuff like that to, like, get information on these things and, like, how they would react and whatnot. So they, like, did their research, and you can tell. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I think, Aladdin's story is it Grace is right, it's very basic, it's simple. That that's not to say anything against the complexity of Inside Out story, because it's on the base level with Riley, it's very simple. She moves, she hates where she moves to, she tries to run away, and then she comes back home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then again, Riley isn't our main character. I admit that this story, like the a lot of the minutia of Inside Out may be beyond me. Because mm-hmm. it's taken me a couple of rewatches to be like, oh, sadness. I think sadness is the main, is the dynamic character of this. Because she's the one mm-hmm. who kind of, kind of, well, I mean, Joy is the one who ends up growing. But sadness is the, I feel like she's, she's kind of the key. Yeah. She's the most, uh, like, diverse one, for sure. Mm-hmm. Because it's kind of like, because Joy sees her as sadness just being sad because she's sad, you know. And then yeah. sadness is like, you know, like with Bing Bong, you know. She's like, it's okay to be sad 
because from sadness you get joy, you know, mm. kind of thing. And like joy had never realized that, you know, that kind of thing. And so that's where joy's like growth really was shown because then she was like, oh, right. You know, these other emotions are important. It can't all be about me because otherwise it's super unhealthy. Right. Well, I think sadness has a useful, like sadness is a tool that we need. You know, there are times when sadness solves the problem better than anything else. You know, like, you know, bing bong disappearing in death. That's like a really sad concepts so you can't just be joyful about everything it isn't truthful it isn't the real human experience mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And i think a lot of times in our culture we tell people that they should just smile and be happy and it's like you know it's it's very fake and surface and shallow if you're dealing with a situation that you know is is really you can't just be happy through everything mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah and that's kind of like that's kind of the point that i think sadness was trying to make you know, but like without really being like aggressive about it, because also she's sadness and she can't be aggressive. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, she was just kind yeah. of like showing it through helping Bing Bong, you know, unintentionally teaching joy. Things. Mm. Yeah. Well, the sadness character is basically depressed all the time. You know, she's just very, very sad. Um, but she's really able to reach out and have the empathy for, you yeah. know, Bing Bong mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. for the situation that, um, you know, Joy doesn't have that depth of empathy because she's just um, trying to make sure everything is good all the time. You know? mm-hmm. So I think it was powerful. I, I really enjoyed the movie. I think the elements of... Yeah. Again, Aladdin's story is, on the other side, is very... It's There's nothing wrong with Aladdin's story. It's very tight. I can't really think mm-hmm. of anything that can be... There's not a lot of fat that needs to be trimmed from Aladdin, I think. Right. Because kind of break down what happened he meets you know he meets jasmine he wants to impress jasmine he meets the genie he loses the genie he loses jasmine and then he has to Mm -hmm. fight jafar to get both of those things back Mm -hmm. right and all of this he's also like putting on a different persona because also he doesn't want to be a street rat he wants to be better because he thinks that having money will make him better yeah. And therefore be seen in the eyes of others as better too. So and that's why Jeannie's always like, Be yourself. So <laughs> That's literally my favorite thing and I always have to say it when we do a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jeannie is woke as fuck. I feel like yeah. <laughs> woke. Well it's a good moral for children too, because I think a lot of kids, you know, they go through a phase where they wonder about if they should lie about things. Mm. And kids kind of understand lying you know, when they first are, are looking at it, they're looking kind of a black and white, like, you know, lying or honesty. And is it okay to lie? And when is it okay to lie? And what if, you know, lying will get you the things you want? What if you can't get them without lying? Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting thing to explore in Aladdin because when he has all of those things that he wanted, like he's a prince and he has all the money, um, he's still not happy. But it's nice to have the character go through that journey for himself and then realize that it's better to have you know, Jasmine in an honest way than to just get all the things by, you know, by being fake and by lying. Mm-hmm. He does exactly. call himself even, out. Yeah. Halfway through, he... Well, he needed that moment, yeah. for sure. Because if he didn't call himself out and have that character growth, then he wouldn't really be a likable character. I mean, if he just ended the film by getting everything he wanted by continuing to lie, it would just be like, uh, this is a bad moral, Disney. <laughs> like, he's he's self-aware, and he says that he can't keep it up on his own. That's what it happened. Like that's how it works. Like you keep lying. You every lie makes you dig a bigger hole. 
Mm-hmm. And he realizes once he uses all his wishes up with the genie, like, that's it. What is he going to do next? And he you know, kind of realizes, hey, I have to do this myself. Yeah. I have to, you know, tell the truth and get, like Erica said, get Jasmine honestly. Or else right. it's not going to work at all. And there's even, like, a debate. He has, like, an internal debate of, like, use my last wish to help a friend or use my last wish to help myself. Mm-hmm. you know continue mm-hmm. on with this lie and then therefore his friends get really like get really pissed at him and he's like oh man maybe that like that's when he starts doubting himself because he's like yeah. now everybody's mad at me i've yelled at my monkey elephant like i don't know what to do <laughs> you know <laughs> and then you know he wants to go tell jasmine and that's when everything falls apart because she puts him like on a pedestal and then that's when jafar's like haha you fraud so mm-hmm. yeah it's a good moment in the story it's very climactic it's like, I have everything I ever wanted, but it's built on this shallow lie that I, you know, that I'm a prince, that I have all this money. And then it's it's important, too, because it's like, you know, being a prince doesn't make you a good person. Having money doesn't make you um, a better person. Right. So it's good to, to sort of, you know, show that to children, because I think sometimes in our culture it gets kind of twisted a bit. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's worth you know having morals painted clearly in a way that the kids can understand. Uh, that's why this is really hard for me at least personally because like they both teach kids like super valuable lessons, mm-hmm. and I feel like pretty Aladdin is more straightforward and um, Inside Out creates conversation. Yeah, and that's what I really like about both both movies. Let's talk about. I wanted to talk about something technical for a minute um the opening of a like technical like the look of the film before we get into mm-hmm. sound and stuff the opening of aladdin i love because from like the moment arabian night starts to pretty much when the peddler comes uh-huh. in i feel mm-hmm. like that could that's all one shot like it's yeah. animated, so it's like it's moving through everything, and then they kind of go over the sand, and they go through Agrabah, and they right, go right. through the bazaar, mm-hmm. and then the uh, the peddler comes in. I hope they do that for the live action. I hope so too, because mm-hmm. if they can get that, it's it's the same as how I felt with the opening of Beauty and the Beast. Like it's such a mm-hmm. it's such a captivating opening. Mm-hmm. If you can get that in one shot, it'll. Like you'll you'll have the audience. I feel yeah. like yeah. In in West Wing, they call it a walk and talk, but like those really extensive mm-hmm. shots that don't break frame and and but move through different set pieces and different environments. Like those are always so powerful to to the audience. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I hope you're. I hope you're right. I hope they don't. I hope they're able to make that happen in a live action environment. I think from a technical standpoint, Aladdin. Like, Aladdin has better shots, but as far as, like, color palette goes, I'll give it to Inside Out, because Inside Out is mad colorful. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Mm-hmm. And then it even, even it's dulls, like, it's dull colors, it's dark colors, like, when they're in the, um, when they're in the dump, or yeah. when they're in Riley's Nightmares, they're still very vibrant, even when it's, yeah. you know, just grays and blacks and dark purples. Yeah. Right. Aladdin is kind of missing. Like Aladdin has that a lot contrast. of worn colors. Yes. They they have reds and purples and oranges and browns and that's really it. 
Like the genie mm-hmm. is blue. They rarely use green. I think it just depends on I like it makes sense to me because of the setting for Aladdin that that's the color scheme, mm-hmm. but also like completely different animation styles, right? Like Yeah. Mhm. I mean, Cinderella wasn't as vibrant as <laughs> Inside Out was. Uh I mean, Right. Beauty and the Beast, what are things that came out right around Aladdin? I was very that was like what 91 92 mm-hmm. 92 i think 92 uh, 93 92 i think it it's appropriate for where it's at but um but yeah like inside out is definitely more visually stunning what about sound sound Speaking i sound. i just want to be a fly on the wall while the genies doing voice work <laughs> right like robin williams yes. Is doing and like those are some of the some awesome videos to watch too. Yeah, the opening for the soundtrack for Aladdin. I mean, that's great. You know, when they're in Agrabah and they have the. I mean, even just the song they play in the teaser trailer for Aladdin is really mm-hmm. good. Uh-huh. Is that that's in the 1992 one, right? It's pretty much an instrumental yeah. of it. Yeah. It's a very different arrangement, and it's actually two different pieces put together in the new trailer that just came out. But yeah, that'll be I'm, interesting. Well, to I see. love that. I love the song in the new trailer that just came out. Yeah. I'm honestly not in love with it yet. Yeah, I'm not either. I like it because it's modern, because it's, like, it It, it gives me an idea of what's to come. Like, it's a fresh take on something that's 26 years old. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited, I, but it's still, like, it's still on brand, you know? Yeah. Yes. I just wish they didn't uh, make a friend like me sound hella square yeah yeah that was my that's my only issue the rest of it's fine but i was like uh, like i don't I think couldn't, i, I think couldn't handle that in the preview <laughs> mm-hmm. i think that it's was like, intentional though not not that it's trying to be square but that it's trying to not be like oh it's this song it's like right just teasing yeah. at it so yeah that didn't... i think they were trying to like be mysterious with it you yeah. know like sneak it in but i was like i know what the fuck that is like <laughs> yeah um but i mean with inside out like the opening the opening music like immediately gets you in the mood for it because it's just like oh, you mm-hmm. know yeah i can't even remember if it's like bells or um like a vibraphone or something it's... like that i just know it's like a mallet instrument of some sort it's high it? piano High piano? Yeah, yeah, it's very, it's high-range piano. That's so nice. Yeah, there's a lot of, I I will not use the word, I'm not. There are a lot of different shades in, uh, the, in the Inside Out score because you have a lot of different feelings to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, they're sad, like the, the score is sad when, you know, something, it's weird. When something exciting is happening with sadness, like when Joy is chasing around sadness, there's a very bright, uh, you know, moving, like, not moving as in, like, uh, like in my feelings, but there's a very uh, lively score going on. And mm-hmm. then when Joy has her mm-hmm. moment, when she's, lo- when she's in the dump and she's crying over the memories that, you know, Riley's about to lose, right. it's very, it's a very sad uh tone yeah in the music and i like the, mm-hmm. the kind of juxtaposition and role reversal because mm-hmm. i don't think i think sad sadness rarely has sad music playing behind her yeah yes i feel like we're about done with this one i have a couple of uh easter eggs from the commentary 
Ooh, okay. I'm down for that. Something that I loved is the something that I'm I feel dumb for not noticing, but the Cave of Wonders. I think they said mm-hmm. that was the first time that uh, I think it was the first major CGI character that they had used. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I didn't realize mm-hmm. that the entire head was CG. Yeah. I really? thought it, I thought it was just really good drawing, to tell you the truth. Nice. But like I knew that that the, just means they did a damn good job. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought I knew that the you know when he's escaping the cave of wonders, I knew that was CG, but I didn't know the head was CG as well. Mm. The carpet, magic carpet, was also CG. The entire time. Yep. Wow. Originally, something that's super interesting, Aladdin's design was based on Tom Cruise, like his look, his face, and everything. (laughs) I can totally see that. (laughs) But that wasn't always the case. He originally okay. was going to be based on Michael J. Fox. I can also see that. And when they changed it to uh, Tom Cruise, they had to age Aladdin up. Hmm. So, yeah, he looks youngish. Like, he doesn't look like, you know, a man. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. like, what would boy Aladdin look like, basically? Yeah. Right. And then uh, a funny story that they were talking about during the commentary is that during the final battle... The artist, the the she was a female. The artist who did the the scenes for the final battle was pregnant at the time of drawing. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! And as she finished the final battle, she went into labor. Of course, wow. so she, that baby knew to wait. So she she um she finishes the, like she's finishing the her drawings while she's in labor. Like like her water broke. She uh-huh. hands in she hands in the finished her finished stuff and then goes to goes to have her baby. The hustle. That's crazy. Commitment. Her, her name was Kathy Zelensky. Aw. Well thanks, Kathy. Howard Ashman and Alan Menken did the music for Beauty and the Beast, which was right before this. Mm-hmm. They worked on a few songs for Aladdin, but A Whole New World wasn't one of them. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. That was Tim Fine. Rice. And I couldn't really, like I said on top, the commentary for Inside Out super bored me. So I don't have any notes. Good notes for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting uh, very close to six o'clock, which is when I'm going to take off to get to my rehearsal. Okay. Sweet. At seven. So Erica, you want to weigh in on this one and then we will let you go. Sounds great. Um, I like, I mean, Inside Out and Aladdin are both great. And I feel like Aladdin is classic, and I love its story, but I personally like Inside Out more, mm-hmm. because I feel like it brings up more topics for conversation, it's more uh, insightful and interesting to me, mm-hmm. and I like how it explores emotions, because I feel like that's something that we don't talk about as much right. um, as other topics, and I think emotions are such an important and integral part of our everyday life, mm-hmm. that there's something that we should be talking about more, and I like how this gave a vehicle for some interesting discussion into our emotional lives. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pick Inside Out. Woo. <laughs> that was a very well thought out, precise, articulated, like way of describing things. Man, I can't do that shit. <laughs> That's really hard for me to do. <laughs> well, thank you. Okay, Heather, you're next. I'm stuttering mess. No, I'm not. <laughs> Y'all are next. Nope. You always push us to go first it's your turn (laughs) 
what? No, I already told you to not have me choose. <laughs> yeah, you have to pick one. You need to pick at some point. After y'all. No. <laughs> Why break tradition? I will go next then, because you guys say I never go. I never go. I always go last. Um, That's true. While I agree with That's Erica, true. I um, <laughs> I I'm gonna go with Aladdin because I feel like the story is a lot easier to grasp sometimes at, at many points than than an inside out uh the characters aladdin is he's he's a flawed character who eventually calls himself on his flawedness and learns a lesson the more you know jasmine mm-hmm. is a strong character who like she's she isn't i feel like she isn't fooled from jump like even though it takes her a minute to be like oh you're you're not a prince you're the guy i met in the marketplace but like uh-huh. i feel like she's she she was fooled but like she isn't a dumb character she's the she's a strong woman that i feel like kira knightley would even be proud of and <laughs> like the genie's great she does try to change the law from being forced to marry someone versus like her choosing so i feel like i feel like she'd be pretty okay with that yeah She's trying to be woke. She has a pet tiger. I mean, she's pretty cool. But also, we could tweet Kira Knightley and ask her if she likes Prince of Sound. There we go. Oh, I'll we got do some it. better use of our tweet. I'll do it. Power. I'll screenshot it if she responds. <laughs> or if she's already responded. Because um, Jasmine's pretty woke. She's just trying to wake her dad up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. But, yeah. I, I agree with everything that Erica said. But I still like Aladdin more. I think it's I think it's a I think it's better. Like be yourself is a little bit more universal than you know, the message in Inside Out. Yeah. Heather, are you sure you don't want to go next since I really like cause honestly I feel like it... you'll be the tiebreaker if you go last. Oh shit. I don't even well, know. Well, yeah, because Tori and I pick something different, so whatever Grace picks will be the tiebreaker. <laughs> Whoever's oh, last will no. be the tiebreaker. And even then, it won't be a tiebreaker. It'll just be even. Maybe not. If that if that ends up happening, I have, maybe not. I have a solution in my head already. So just say what oh, you probably flip a coin. Say what you yeah. say what you feel, and then um, we'll figure. I'll I'll reveal what it's going to be when if if necessary. If it all yeah, ends up being the same. Piece. Yeah. It honestly okay. So I really I love these two movies pretty equally, mainly for the reasons that like both Tori and Erica like provided and stuff like that, and the fact and it's the whole be yourself versus like opening conversations about how to be yourself. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, man, I don't like. And so it really just depends on the mindset of it. I love that Aladdin is really easy to comprehend, but I also love that. Um, Inside Out is like really gripping and like it makes you pay attention uh-huh. not in like a super intense way or anything you know it's just like you have to pay attention to actually understand things like versus Aladdin where you can kind of like take a 15 minute power nap wake up and like you know where you are you know what I mean <laughs> um, <laughs> but actually probably for that reason I'll go ahead and just choose Inside Out because yes. it, it's, it's a it's it's more captivating in that sense, and it made little kids cry because they were like, "Mommy!" Like 
Oh my gosh, it was great. No, there was like a kid, like a few rows up, that was that like started crying like at the very end whenever Riley was like, "I can't be happy all the time," you know, kind of thing. And uh-huh. like this little girl, a couple rows in front, started crying and like like leaned on her mom's shoulder and stuff. And I was like, "Yeah." So, <laughs> so I'm gonna choose Embrace inside your out. Yeah. <laughs> so inside out for me. Oh man. Unfortunately. Because great. <laughs> this is really hard. I because I think Inside Out is still a movie I haven't seen enough times. So every time I watch it, I notice something new. Um, and I love that. No, oh, this is. Oh, it's because this suggested. Let's try mm. this. Is that better? Yeah. Um. But it it. We haven't had an animated movie that's created so much commentary in a in a long time. I feel like I feel like this is this is kind of it's definitely one of the more thought provoking animated movies in a while. Um, mm-hmm. But also, every time I watch Aladdin, I laugh at something that I forgot. Um, right. And, and ah, I want to vote Inside Out. But if I'm thinking back, I feel like I can't change brand now. Like, I've always voted on if I was stuck in a room for 24 hours and had to watch a movie over and over again, which one would it be? And I think it's Aladdin. Like, I think there's... I think it's Aladdin. I think I would, it's funnier. Um, it's got better jokes. It's, it's uh, got, it's got songs. It's got Robin Williams. Um, so I don't necessarily think that it's the better movie. Mm-hmm. But it's the movie that I would want to watch more often. Also, I don't think I could handle the emotional She said toil. the word! <laughs> the word that I wouldn't say. I don't think I could handle the emotional toil of um, watching Inside Out for Inside 24 out hours. Over and over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would break you. In a room all by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, eh. Yeah, so it's split down the middle. I knew it. Okay. So it's Tori's magic. So Tori had a contingency for this, and it's simple. If there was a tiebreaker, or if there was a tie, I was going to defer to the guest. So, since Mm. Erica is the guest, we will go with her pick. Nice, I like it. Inside Out goes on. Who's the best in every way? Ding bong, ding bong! (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) All right, I'm going to go with Inside Out! Yay. Before we let uh, before we let you go, Erica, do you have anything to plug? Oh uh, no, no. I'm working on this uh, VR video game right now that I'm doing a rehearsal for, and um, oh, yeah, that's I think dope. it's gonna be real cool. It's like we're doing a virtual reality uh, recording of the video game, so we're like in the hey. video game and we're playing. You'll be able to see us all around 360. Oh, that's yeah. really cool. Are you allowed to say what it is yet? No. Okay. Dang. Follow me on Instagram, all the listeners. What's your Instagram? Say it. Say what your Instagram is. At Erica Allsites. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to change my name maybe to be less hard to spell, but I'm still debating. I was talking to my agent about being like Erica Albright, and she's like, yeah, that'd be way better, but then I just haven't done it yet. Oh. Side note. But anyway, right now it's Erica Allsites. Okay. Bye, everyone. Thanks, Erica. Bye. Also, I just followed her on Instagram because I didn't realize she had an Instagram. Right. Even though Aladdin lost, I read, um, uh, sorry, it's called A Whole New World, A Twisted Tale by Liz mm. Brazewell. Mm-hmm. It's very good. It's a twist on 
it's kind of a what if story but for yeah. Disney movies and the this one is what if Jafar found the lamp Ooh. yeah and no not really a spoiler but Jasmine is like a freedom fighter in this one and it's really I cool I can see that yeah speaking of twisted it's tales a book you say? yes it's a book it's a book it's the it's actually the first one in the series okay there's one for Aladdin Sleeping Beauty Beauty and the Beast Mulan the one for Little Mermaid just came out and then the next one is uh, Snow White hmm. I don't know what the one for Snow White is yet you should send me details on that book I will yeah. anyway I, I have the book either okay cool so our next matchup which hopefully won't be as difficult it might I, I have a feeling it's going to be just as difficult beauty and the beast versus monsters inc Woo. my goodness this one is this one's up so like monsters inc is is one of my favorite pixar movies and is really what one of the movies that made me fall in love with pixar beauty and the ba- beast is still a movie i watch when i'm sick thanks to my mom like my mom always watches this when she's sick i watch it when i'm sick so yeah, I, I feel like both of these are, are so near and dear to me. Um, what about y'all? Do y'all have any personal connections to these movies? Um, Beauty and the Beast is probably one of the first movies that I've seen when I was little. It's probably one of the first movies that I watched ever. Okay. And then um, I know Monsters, Inc., when we first got a DVD player, Monsters, Inc. was the first DVD that we got. Yeah. Mm. So I watched Monsters, Inc., on repeat because it was the only VHS or sorry it was the only DVD that we had. Mm-hmm. Heather, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I don't really have um, a huge like emotional attachment or anything to Monsters Inc. Um, but with Beauty and the Beast, um, my sister was really into, was is r- really into reading and stuff like that, and so my mom would call her Belle every <laughs> once in a while. She'd be like, "You remind me of Belle," and she would tell me that I reminded her of Mulan. Because you cut your That's hair off with like a the... sword, rebelliously? Yeah, and then I dressed like a man, and then I went into war. <laughs> and then I saved China. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. I mean, whatever. <laughs> okay, so... But, yeah. uh, let's jump into story. So, I love the Monsters, Inc. story because uh, you're creating this whole new universe a completely different universe and you're taking all of these elements of the world that we know and monsterizing them um like mm-hmm. a sushi restaurant with an octopus monster as the server um or as the sous chef sushi chef even walking across the street and there's that like really tall monster and mike not mike but sully looks up and he's like hey yeah exactly like but that there are crosswalks that there's parking that there's mm-hmm. um work mm-hmm. and and a hierarchy within the work environment. So that's, I, I'm such a sucker for that entirely new environment um, that, and they really flesh out what that world looks like. There are restrooms with stalls and monsters mm-hmm. are using, like, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, there are different deodorant types, but they make you smell bad instead of smelling good. Right. Yeah, they um, they do a good job with that opening. Like, the first... Let's say the first five or so. Let's going into before they the monsters come out on the scare floor. Like from the beginning to there, they do such a great job of informing you of what the world is like. 
And yeah. bottom line is the world is just like yours without any kind of including um, the the scene with uh, Flem in his failed tryout with you know, mm-hmm. and then Mr. Waternews comes in. They do. They inform everything you need to know about the monster world within those first few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like it's it's effortless. It's so seamless. Like you you find out that there's an energy crisis. Why monsters go into children's rooms? Because they need scream to power the city. And right now there's an energy crisis going on. Sully mm-hmm. is the greatest monster ever, basically. And what is Monstropolis like? It's just like your town, except mm-hmm. there are monsters. Like there's a grocer, there are kids that play in the street, and there are, you know, adults that walk to work instead of yeah. using mm-hmm. cars because, you know, the world's fucked up. And it's, yeah. su- it's such a tight opening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast, I mean, you've got some really iconic songs in Beauty and the Beast. Um, you've got, like, in a very different way the first 10 minutes you're introducing what her world is like, what this little town is like and how she feels out of place. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so both of these, like just from a timeline perspective, both of these have beautiful introductions. Um, Yeah. From a story perspective, it's tragic. Uh, Like it's, it's, it's a tragic story. And I, uh, it's, uh, this is hard for me. This is really hard for me. Like I'm definitely, I I hope y'all vote on the same thing because I don't want to have to choose one. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to move to characters? Let me let me save you on story. Well, it's not really saving you. It's just making a comment. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, just like with Aladdin, I can't really think of anything that wasn't already trimmed. I'm looking at you, human, again. <laughs> that could have been trimmed out of this movie. Like it's mm-hmm. it's a I say it's a damn near perfect movie. Monsters Inc. was no Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Yeah, like with the uh, with the live action, we didn't really need that mother stuff. Like we didn't really, I didn't at least oh, yeah. I didn't really need that backstory with the mom because I already got everything that I wanted from the animated movie. Right. For sure. Right. They added a lot of fat that we didn't need. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Talking about uh, the twisted tales earlier, the one with Beauty and the Beast, that that question that they ask is, "What if Belle's mom was the one who cursed the Beast?" Ooh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Interesting, yeah. I don't know if there's any fat I would trim from either of these, mm-hmm. and I can't say that about the live action Beauty and the Beast or any of the sequels. And I also, I oh, I love Monsters University, so I'm, I can't even really comment on that one. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I will say I don't like the end of Monsters, Inc. I, I, I was thinking about it, and I don't like the end of it. Because it, Why? If, you look at, if you look at Beauty and the Beast, Beauty and the Beast is an open and shut. Open and shut movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no Aside more... Aside from f- her being like, who's the Beast? Who are you? No, no, I just transformed in front of you. No, that's oh. not what I mean. There, I have no more questions once Beauty and the Beast ends. Monsters Inc. Mm, mm-hmm. I have the question: What did Sully see? It's like Inception. It's like Lost in Translation. What is did it, the guy say? Did not. What did? What did, what did Inception yeah. is, is? Was he still in the dream or not? Like I don't. I don't need that Kitty. in my Disney movie. Like, was he looking yeah. at what was Sully looking at? You know. Mm-hmm. 
um, I kind of rewrote it in my head. Like Sully, the end of Monsters Inc. could have ended with Sully, you know, kind of being happy. He could have looked at the piece of the door, smiled, could have been like, huh. And then uh-huh. walked off the scare floor and they kind of fade out into the clouds in, Mon- in, in Monstropolis. And that could have been it. And I would have been fine with it. Like he misses Boo, but mm-hmm. he's, you know, going mm-hmm. on with life. And that would have been it. I, I really didn't need that. It's touching. It's really sweet. But I don't think I really needed that coda at the yeah. end of Monsters, Inc. Especially because they're not going to follow up on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I like I like the piecemeal that Beauty and the Beast is. It's open and shut. Everybody gets what they want in Beauty and the Beast. I, I don't know, because then you leave it open to... The sequel, which was a genuine, well, it was really a prequel. Exactly, it doesn't, it doesn't answer mm-hmm. any, que- it doesn't answer the question at all. Like, what is? Do we at? know if they're planning on making a monsters too? All I know is that after Toy Story four, Pixar is going to try, circle in red, try to do originals because it's Good. been nothing but sequel since coco it's been been a minute yeah yeah mm-hmm, like even mm-hmm. disney disney animation studios too there have been a lot of sequels coming out lately because we have you know ralph breaks the internet frozen 2 toy story 4 incredibles 2 mm-hmm. it'll be what four uh once toy story 4 comes out it'll be you know i think four years of just sequels yeah so I, I really, I don't think there's going to be a Monsters 2. I kind of hope there isn't a Monsters 2. I don't know. I, I would definitely like a break from sequels, but I think th- they did such a good job with Monsters University as a prequel that I would, I'd be interested to see like if they have anything else to say. It was funny. In the, uh, in the commentary for Monsters, Inc., the directors say about Sully's, they, they brought this up when they were doing the singing on the scare floor, like when Mike's like, it's a musical. It's it's a it's uh-huh. for the company musical. It's then when they say they're talking about Billy Crystal and John Yeoman's chemistry because they recorded this together. Uh-huh. Like it was mm-hmm. it was improvised for John Yeoman to start singing along, like doing the bump 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 bump. Uh-huh. And that's when they mm. say they're not so much Mike and Sully's relationship is they're not so much a comedy duo. Like Mike is the funny one and Sully's the straight guy. They have a college roommate type of rapport with each other uh-huh. with each other. And I was like, huh, that's funny because you guys end up making a sequel where they're college, a prequel where they're college roommates. Yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I thought that was funny. So while we're kind of on the topic of characters, let's talk about heroes. So is the hero of Beauty and the Beast Belle or is it the monster? Definitely Belle. Definitely? You think? Definitely Belle. Yes. Because she's woke. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's heather's favorite word for this episode Worth apparently episode. yeah yeah just because she can see past the bullshit really let's say i don't know if there's a, i don't know if there's a hero per se like what is the def like what are we distinguishing protagonist and hero i think she's a hero in that she saves him she okay. saves him and she saves her dad in that same vein i could well yeah and and the beast could also be the protagonist or or even the anti-hero because you don't want you're not on his side until the end mm-hmm. until halfway through the movie really yeah um and and you still see all of these tragic flaws on him but you're still rooting for him yeah 
and I, with by those terms, I, I will agree with you. Yes, Belle is the hero then, because she does save. She ultimately saves the beast, because he is ready to, you know, give up mm-hmm. until you know he sees Belle, and even then, he he could kill Gaston, yeah, and then he thinks he thinks about it. And he's like, nope, I'm not going to kill you. Yeah, that was going to be my point. Like, Because he, he was holding Gaston like, over the ledge of his yeah. mansion. Dude was done. And he was like, please don't kill me. you know. And then Belle's over here like, hey, don't do that. And he's like, leave. You know, <laughs> get out. So mm. I was like, yeah, good for you. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, of course, she saves Maurice from freezing to death. Yeah. And, and the asylum. Yeah, and yeah. the asylum, and saves him from being a captive of the beast forever and ever. Amen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what about villains? Gaston all the way. Well, I mean, like, Gaston versus Randall. Let's say this. Gaston, LeFou, and Dark, because the asylum director's name is Dark, against Randall and, spoiler alert, Mr. Waternews. <laughs> Um, For those of you who like haven't seen each know. other in a fight, <laughs> well, no, like, who's more evil? Yes. Well, um, depends on like the definition of evil. Because I feel like I feel like Gaston's stuff is more normalized to stuff nowadays, and then with Monsters Inc. Because okay, Randall, that's the name I was looking for. I was like, what's his name? Mm-hmm. He's more of like the sneak, like sneaking around. Like you're definitely the villain character. I uh, here's. For me, this is this is actually getting really interesting. So you've got two different kind kinds of evil. You've got yeah. Randall, who is blindly following someone who believes that he is doing best for the common good. Mm, that's some Nazi shit. Mm-hmm. No, but, uh, hang on. You you use the N word. I will not call Randall a Nazi in this. No, I will I'm not. Not, I, I will not, not Randall, Mr. Waternoose. Gaston. Oh, Mr. Waternoose. The fact that he is, he's leading, he's taking people and recruiting them to do experiments, experiments uh, under the guise of this is for the better good. This is what society needs, even though it's wrong. Like, he knows that that's wrong. I thought it was Randall's idea and Mr. Waternoose was like, eh, there's no other way. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Randall's the evil scientist, and Waternoose is the is basically just like the money provider. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he it, gives the okay. he's turning a blind eye. To yeah, him. yeah, yeah, because he's kid. He's okay with the kidnapping of children because it'll save the entire monster world from you know their energy crisis. Okay. Crisis. But then you've got on on the opposite side, you have Knight and Gaston and LeFou, and like. LeFou, LeFou? LeFou. LeFou. LeFou is just ignorant. Like, he and Gaston, Gaston's entitled, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and everything is for his own personal gain. But he's not intentionally dangerous. Uh, he's just dangerous by circumstance. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. He's not actually malicious. Uh, he's just taking advantage to get himself ahead. Mm-hmm. That's why he always gets beat up in the castle. He's like in every scene getting beat up. Yeah. <laughs> um, Knight is creepy AF. Like that is, that's evil. That's, I mean, how excited he is by keeping the father and Maurice in uh, an asylum. 
Dark. Dark. Yeah, that's. Oh, did I say night? You said night. Oh, well, hmm, close enough. <laughs> so, Batman? No, I'm just kidding. Your word anyway. association is delectable, Grace. <laughs> <laughs> it's delicious. Uh, <laughs> um, that's weird. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like that, like he is, that's really messed up. So I don't, I don't, and that's almost more, that's more human. That's more realistic for sure. I don't think it's necessarily that the actions are worse than kidnapping the child and using them for experiments. Yeah. Um, but the twisted nature of it is almost scarier. I, I just had an idea um kind of taking randall off the hook because i'm I'm starting to think of randall in a kind of thanos mindset because yeah he was only trying to do what he thought was right and like in the lead up to infinity war everybody was saying everybody's still saying is thanos the villain or the hero of infinity war because thanos had a wonderful idea of how to save the universe. Mm-hmm. We're going to wipe out half of the universe to save everybody else. Mm-hmm. What if there was a, what if they did, you know, it's let's say the sequel to monsters Inc was just, r- was just Randall and it's Randall growing up, you know, on the wrong side of the tracks and getting a job at monsters Inc and you know meeting sully and meeting mike and thinking they're going to be best of friends and then sully is kind of on the rise and leaves randall behind and you know the winds of change he has that poster in his locker (laughs) can you can you the winds of change and he has the idea (laughs) and he stumbles into the idea of we have to go there which is dangerous and toxic to us what if we brought the kids out of what if we brought the kids out of their world and into our world where we're safe and we don't care about these kids. We're using them for energy anyway. Yeah. And he just kind of devises it. It's it's really putting Randall, putting him in the wrong for all the right reasons. And he has Uh this brilliant, he it's a brilliant and altruistic idea that just becomes twisted because Sully, someone like Sully comes along and says, you can't do this to children. But he brings it to Waternoose and says, you know, we can't think of anything else. The best scientists in Monstropolis can't come up with a way to end this energy crisis. You, Randall, have come up with a wonderful idea. We Mm -hmm. have to do this. I will give you all of the resources I can. This may be unethical, so don't get caught. (laughs) And if you do get caught, don't implicate me in anything. Uh-huh. But mm-hmm. you have my full support from the shadows. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that I think yeah. that was. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. sorry, I, 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 my eyes glazed over, and I had an idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my pitch. As, as like the next movie, Pixar. Are you listening? That's my pitch. That's really dark. Yeah. That's that's real dark. Yeah, make Sully and Randall. Sorry, make uh, Sully and Mike the villains. Yeah. Kind of like a we know where it we know where this where this ends. Let's see where it began, type of thing. Huh. Okay. Um. All that to say, I think Gaston is more evil than Randall because I can kind of see how Randall could be painted as a not a sympathetic character, but not an altogether 
villainous person. I think that's one of the things that uh, is very different about how they're characterized is like no one, there's nothing personable about Gaston. There are many things that are personable about Randall, especially once we get Monsters University. There are Mm -hmm. many things that you can relate to. Um, Mm -hmm. Not being the cool kid, um, wearing glasses. um, Doesn't he have have braces too? Yeah, when he shows up to college. I think he has braces, yeah. Yeah. No, Mike has braces. Mike has braces. Ah. Um, Mm. But Randall stops wearing glasses, and that's how he gets that squint. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So he's a victim of circumstances. Yeah. Okay. Well, what about message universal theme? What is the universal theme of Monsters Inc.? I, you know what, like Monsters Inc. isn't one. I'm like you could make up a this is the moral of the story, but that's not what the story is about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm okay with that, but mm-hmm. to that tune, I think that means that Beauty and the Beast does have. A better story. Fight for your friends, um, no matter how unconventional they are. Beauty can be found within. Mm -hmm. Beauty can be found within. Girls can read, and it's totally fucking fine. Um, Yeah, and a girl read. Girl don't need no man to save her. Like she was fine. (laughs) I am no man. Damn right you're not. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, Belle was fine. Except when she ran off into the woods with the wolves. That was not fine. Yeah. That was not smart. Uh, But yeah, so I think Beauty and the Beast, of all the Renaissance era Disney movies, I think this is one of the more feminist of them. You mean besides Mulan? Besides Mulan. Okay. She said one of the. One of the. Gotcha. Uh, Let's go technical for a second. Technical. Shit, this movie is gorgeous. My goodness. Which one? Oh, yeah, I do have to clarify. Huh. Beauty and the Beast. Yep. <laughs> I was about to say, I mean, yeah, but I was thinking Monster Inc., so... <laughs> let, let me go first, then. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, I would say all of the backgrounds that they use, like, throughout the... I, I watched this on the... I have the Diamond Edition, whatever... And watching it, it's just... I, I don't watch the characters anymore. I watch around them. And, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, all the landscapes, all the backgrounds. It's just gorgeous. Take the characters out and, you, you know, that's a screensaver. Like, just have the whole movie as a screensaver. And it's awesome. <laughs> this is one that I would like to see on the big screen. Um, monsters. So, contrasting that, I love monsters so much Sim, like in a similar way to Inside Out because of the colors because it's so vibrant and it creates such a rich environment um, but I feel like I get that just as well through my t- home TV as I did when I saw it in theaters and so I don't need it to be on big screen um, however I do there's a scene towards the end when you see all of the doors they're in like the factory area and you see all of the doors and it's yeah, overwhelming adorable. But in like such a such an awesome way, but Beauty and the Beast is a whole. I yeah, I would love to. I would love to see that on the big screen. Mm-hmm. I I made the mistake of watching these in the same day. <laughs> so uh, I mean, I I feel like Beauty and the Beast over time has become like they've restored it a couple of times. They've enhanced yeah. everything. Uh-huh. I feel like Monsters Inc. for me 
visually has kind of hit a ceiling because the i mean they can't they can't improve they they haven't improved i don't know if they can improve how sharp it is that's what monsters yeah, say, everything is, is already pretty pretty like brightly colored and all i think that. but if you look at monsters university it is different from monsters inc mm-hmm. like it is better it's prettier it's there's more and part of it is because they introduced a, a whole variety of different settings yeah um and so you get different depth and different um even like low light scenes and highlight mm-hmm. scenes and inside and outside there's a lot of outside footage in monsters university so i feel like as long as you keep developing that world you'll never run out of material as far as the bounds that animation can go to but and fur technology yeah like but that that gets that's been getting better over the years too we're not talking about monsters you we are talking about monsters inc and I think Monsters I'm going to I'm going to play the primitive card and Monsters Inc doesn't look as good now as Beauty and the Beast does. Like It also hasn't been remastered yet. Will they remaster it though? Can you remaster it? I don't know, but I mean, so Beauty and the Beast was hand drawn, yeah? Mhm. We like it's apples and oranges. It's it's two very different styles, you know. Another thing that I will pull out What's your iconic go-to moment in Monsters Inc? Um, the f- first time he goes into goes into the kids' bedroom is a big one for me, and then the scene in the bedroom when she's in his bed is really memorable to me, and then the the same with the door scene that I just talked about when you go into the overwhelming factory of doors. Okay. Uh-huh. I will. I see your your bedroom scene, and I will raise you a the uh, jail cell scene. No, I will raise <laughs> you the dancing scene. That sweeping, that sweeping uh, scene with the camera when they're dancing yeah, in the ballroom. That's utterly epic. That's one of the best scenes in Disney history. Period. Yeah, I'm not recalling that one. When they're dancing during about? Beauty and the Beast, like during oh, the Beauty and the Beast. Beast, I was still my brain was still on uh, Monster Monsters Inc. Inc. I don't remember I them like, dancing in that. I was like, yeah. "Where are they dancing?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. What's your point? I'm I'm being decisive. That like well, so we know that Tori is voting for Beauty and the Beast. I'm just. I mean, we have to we have to pick sides at some point. Yeah. I will say that uh, Monsters Inc. As far as sound goes, it's. I think it's more of a, it's it's a little better because they had to create, you know, the, what is all this going to sound like? Yeah. Like what is what a do monster? What do monster footprints sound like? Yeah. Like what do how how does how do sound how does sound work in a monster's world? I I think sound is almost like you're working with two very different eras, so it's not even really fair to compare the foley or sound design. Uh, score wise. I like the score from Monsters, Inc., but, I mean, you've got songs that are some of the most iconic songs in Disney history mm-hmm. in Beauty and the Beast. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't really, you can't really compare the two in that way. I have a few Easter eggs uh, slash stuff from the commentaries. For Monsters, Inc., they admitted openly that there's a plot hole. Uh-huh. Uh 
we we find out at the end that boo that laughter is more powerful than scream and every time boo laughs and giggles power flickers mm-hmm. uh-huh. when they first when you first see boo when she's chasing sully through the bathroom uh-huh. there's, there's no, no there's no power surges at all i feel yeah. like there are later there are later because they hadn't established it yeah in the world and they openly say they say we recognize that this wasn't happening yeah and we just decided to go with it mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. interesting um Frank Oz, the voice of Yoda in Star Wars and Miss mm-hmm. Piggy in the Muppets, uh Grover on Sesame Street is the voice of Fungus. Mm-hmm. Randall's uh sidekick, his number 2. <laughs> and something I noticed, uh George, the hairy guy who keeps getting stuck with a sock on his back. Yeah. Towards the end of the movie, he throws his uh his assistant through a door the same way that in the same form as Sully throws Randall later uh-huh. on. Hmm. Just almost almost exactly almost the same exactly. form. Yep. Yeah. And for Beauty and the Beast, they make an Aaron Sorkin reference during the commentary. Really? Yeah, they say one of the one of the directors says, So who thought of the West Wing? And then the other says, Aaron Sorkin. Wait, what do you mean? Was Aaron Sorkin involved in, the, in Beauty and the Beast? No, no. Oh, they were just making a they funny... Were making a, they were making a flippant joke. Like, who thought of oh, the West funny. Wing? Aaron Sorkin oh, thought of the Aaron West Sorkin. Wing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, something subtle that I noticed before... Okay, so you know when Belle runs away and the Beast saves her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before that scene, the Beast is always drawn dark. Like he his his palette his his shape everything is dark. Yes. Mm-hmm. After he saves her, mm-hmm. the beast lightens up. Like they draw him lighter. Like yeah. it's a lighter brown. Like his cape is lighter, and, and he kind mm-hmm. of brightens mm-hmm. up as they go towards the end of the movie. And I'm like, oh, that's a hey. He's you know changing. He's being changed. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 That was something that I noticed Very that clever. I thought was cool. And then uh, a big thing that I noticed in Disney, a lot of Disney movies, and we can we can rattle off a lot of them. In a lot of Disney movies, the plot, there's a big, the climax, the, there's a plot thread, something. It's all formed around one rule that a character breaks. We can, let's just start. Give the us an example. In the Renaissance. What is Ariel's one rule? Oh, she... Don't go to the surface. Go to the surface. Yeah. What does she do? She goes to the surface. Goes to the surface. In Beauty and the Beast, what is the one rule in the castle? She's not supposed to go in the West West Wing. Wing. And she goes to the West Wing. And the Lion King, what is Mufasa's one rule? Everything the ground touches is yours. Don't go beyond the light. Don't go to the shadowy place. (laughs) In Pocahontas, what is the one rule for the chief? Don't go towards white men. Yes. Stay away from white men. In Hunchback, what is Frollo's one rule for Quasimodo? Don't leave. Don't Don't leave the the church. The cathedral. Right. Stay in the bell tower. In Mulan, what is the one rule? Stay in your place as a woman. Exactly. We can go back to Snow White. What is the one rule Grumpy gives Snow White? 
Don't talk to strangers? Yes. Don't let no one or nothing in the house. What does she do? She lets the witch get the house. (laughs) Don't talk to strangers. Basically. That's that's basically. That's my issue with Snow White. She's entirely too comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) She goes into people's houses. Come on. She cleans their shit. Yep. My My favorite one. What's the one rule in Sleeping Beauty? Bitch, don't go to sleep. No, for the fairies, don't use magic. Come on. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I could go uh, on. Might, that might okay. be a separate episode. <laughs> the one rule. What's the one, one rule? The Stupidest one rule. one rule violations. Yep. Don't uh, go beyond the reef, Moana. Sorry. <laughs> don't All touch right. the butt, Mimo. No capes. No capes. <laughs> no capes. Okay, so who's win- winning this one? My pick is Beauty and the Beast because it is a storytelling and technical marvel. The characters are iconic. The songs are iconic. It's a better message, I think, for kids. You know, don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. And I'm, I like, I, I, I it, it hurts me to attack monsters the way I, I have to, but... I think Monsters doesn't look as good as Beauty and the Beast Beauty and the Beast. And its lack of, you know, iconic moments and, you know, a a universal theme that, you know, you can call out. Yeah. Is it it lacks for me. Yeah. So I'm picking Beauty and the Beast. Heather, do you want to go? You said you weren't as worried about this one. Yeah, I'm still not super as worried. I just don't want to hurt Grace's feelings. No, it's uh, fine. Because <laughs> uh, Beauty and the Beast is also going to be my choice. Uh, basically for all the reasons that Tori said. Although I do like the little like smaller message in Monsters, Inc. Where it's like, laughter is better than screaming. Please just laugh and don't scream at people. Mm-hmm. It's not fun. Laughter is better than screaming, basically. Yeah. And so that's that's what I really like. Um, and I am going to disagree with Tori about it looking worse than Beauty and the Beast because I do think that if they wanted to remaster it, they could because they have the technology for it. But yeah, I don't think they're going to. But it's not really the looks of it that's going to change my mind or anything, you know, so... We're also yeah. so close to it. Like, Monsters, Inc. is not that old. And all of these right. Renaissance-era movies are being remastered 20 30 40 years after they were created and they were handwritten hang on right monsters so, inc it we're three years away from monsters inc being 20 years old think about that oh yeah yeah mm. yeah monsters yeah. inc is an old movie guys i said it 2001 you're an old movie <laughs> how <laughs> dare you <laughs> <laughs> 2001 but, um, that's crazy right but yeah so i'm gonna go with uh beauty and the beast i this hurts me because i would rate monsters inc above aladdin and above inside out easily but i am gonna vote for i'm gonna vote for beauty and the beast um because i think Ooh. i know plot twist um yeah from i think this is the one I think this is probably the first one where I could watch either of these all day long. Like if I was going to sit in a room for 24 hours and watch, I, it could be either one, but it would be for different reasons. 
because yeah. I literally have done that with Beauty and the Beast before <laughs> because I grew up with this as my as a movie I would watch when I was sick um, mm-hmm. or when my mom was sick. And so it's very like it's very comforting to me. And I it's and I love it. It's such a good movie. Um, and Monsters Inc. is really I honestly I loved Monsters Inc. so much. It came out back to back with Nemo, right? Is that right, Tori? Didn't Nemo come out and then Monsters Inc.? Monsters Inc. came out then Nemo. Um so back to back with Nemo and both of those. That's really when I started to be like Pixar, like that. I love that. Um and but I think realistically, Monsters University is probably near and dear to my heart now, um, mm-hmm. and I'm less likely to go back and watch Monsters Inc. just because. But Beauty and the Beast, if Beauty and the Beast is on, like say it's on TV, like yeah, I'll leave it on and just have it in the background. And I'm mm-hmm. way more likely to do that with this than I would Monsters Inc. Um, and I feel like there's this line, and I I don't want to say that this influence which one I chose but it also makes me happy that this was my pick is that we're treading that line where we're going up against renaissance classic Disney movies and then Pixar and as much as I love Pixar that doesn't necessarily mean that they're better mm-hmm. and so right. I, mm-hmm. it, it feels like a win for the old guys to say like this is a phenomenal movie that has stood the test of time all right so going on to the next round we have inside out and beauty and the beast Mm -hmm. um for those of you who have lost track we have one more matchup left in round three and it's going to be a tough one especially for me (laughs) especially for me we have the lion king versus the hunchback of notre dame I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't. Hunchback has been a dark horse yep. this whole time. I don't think That's any beautiful. of us expected that. And That's to, a beautiful thing. To recap what has already gone on to the next round, what, what, just a preview of what's going on in the next round. We have Mulan versus Finding Nemo. Ugh. Wreck-It Ralph versus The Incredibles. Wally versus Jesus. Inside Out. And the winner of our next matchup will face Beauty and the Beast. Wow. So that's what's up. Okay. Interesting. Grace, what do we got for Drunk Disney? So we've done Drunken Disney's for all four of the movies we discussed today. So I figured instead maybe I would tell you about my trip to Pixar. Okay. Um, So I got to go on an awesome road trip with my best friend Amber. Um, And we drove from Seattle to San Francisco and um, and I also got to go to Pixar, and um, yeah. So hmm. a, my family friend Connie has a friend who works there, and that's really the only way you can go visit. Tori's making a big face. What? What? <laughs> you know, that's someone not even that fair. There. I wish. Yeah. I wish. That's really mm-hmm. the only way uh, you can go is is if you have an invite from someone who works there. And so we went and had lunch and then kind of got a tour. And unfortunately, all of the screening rooms were being used at the time. So I couldn't go into any of the screening rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, there are a couple rules. So I could only take pictures of things on the ground floor in the common spaces. Um, and that's, that was pretty much it. So 
there were two buildings we went into and one, um, so I have pictures. I'll be sharing them on my Facebook in the next couple weeks. Um, but basically they feature art from the newest releases, um, in varying, uh, art forms, like in various stages of production. So the artwork that they were featuring was from Coco and from Incredibles 2. And it was so cool to see like all different size prints, all different like sketches, different mediums, um, paintings, sculptures, um, crazy prints, like all sorts of stuff uh, for these movies and all very vibrant and um, really, really neat. And then in the other building, and then they also had some like life-size figures of The Incredibles or of Bing Bong or of a few different uh, characters from the Pixar movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the other building, there was this massive, I, I would say it's probably like a 14 foot by 22 foot painting. I have no idea if those ratios are right. Painting or print of Merida in to, the woods. Uh, that's wow. just like giant in the entryway of this Look, building. And I was like, that's my favorite. It's, it was so striking. But the coolest part for me was, um, so the campus itself is cool. It's, it's like not quite as kind of nerd culture as Google or something like that, but, uh, they have lots of big open spaces to work collaboratively and, um, lots of screening rooms. Um, but the coolest part for me was, um, our tour guide, he works in the technology department but his office is kind of in the production area and so we got to take a tour and you could only take like you could only be brought through bring guests through during (laughs) lunch time so we walked through and initially they had cubicles um and then they learned that there were these like tiny house frames that were cheaper than actual cubicles and it's basically just plywood frames um of rooms um, and so you would have, so they set up all of these kind of tiny houses sorry, as sorry. offices that were maybe eight by 10 square feet or maybe six by eight square feet. Um, but depending on which kind of group of pods you were in, they had different themes. So there was one area that had like a Chinese back alleyway theme and there were Chinese lanterns and, um, it was all dim lighting and kind of thematic there was a taqueria the coolest one was a jungle theme Hmm. and so the whole ceiling was covered in vines and the ground was like soft and um different offices had different flooring there was one that had like a tv as a beach and it was all very like casual there was one that was set up there was one office that was set up as like a bunker um and there was netting and kind of cool supplies so uh it was really cool to see how creative just the office space was um, for this production area. But yeah, so that was kind of, that was my trip to Pixar. I'm super jealous. I am too. (laughs) So that's our show. You can follow us on all social medias on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney versus on Twitter at Disney BS. Please rate, review and subscribe to us on iTunes and on Facebook. We don't get enough Facebook reviews. Um, Give us a five-star review. Let us know how we're doing. If you leave us a uh, five-star review and a comment, we'll read it during an episode. 
You can follow us on Google Play Music, where you can give us... 9.12 pumpkins. Okay, because it's October. That that, uh, that 0.88 is for the jack-o'-lantern guts. Got it. Yeah. We have one more matchup left in round slash season three. Uh, we're gonna get we're gonna try and get Ralph breaks the internet done within that too. So we got some stuff ready or coming soon for you guys. And then I believe the quarterfinals, the semis, and the finals might be season four slash the last season of Disney versus. Depending on what we decide. We started this thing two years ago. and we're... Happy two-year anniversary, Tori. Yes. Happy two years. Uh, we, It's been great, but we're almost to the end. We'll figure out what we'll do after that once we get to that point. Let us know on Facebook and on Twitter what you think we should do. Should we you know, shut up and go away or should we do more things? Should we do DreamWorks versus? We're not going to do DreamWorks versus. <clears throat> um, we could just do a review of How to Train Your Dragon. We, yeah, because the third one's coming out. But anyway, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, that's all I got. Uh, as always, thanks for listening, and we will see you guys next episode. Well, bye. <laughs>